Wash your hands and keep it clean. You gotta wash your hands and keep it clean. We'll flatten that curve while we're quarantined. It feels absurd, but just you wait and see. Cover your cough and if you sneeze, and then you wash your hands and keep it clean. That's right. Wash your hands, everybody. Good morning, everyone. Um, welcome to today's episode of COVID Best Practices um, with Joe and Ashley. Uh, today's show is, is kind of a transition period where we're actually going to be moving from all COVID best practices to, to best practices in pharmacy in general. So the episodes after today will we'll address best practices in pharmacy by some of the, the pharmacy leaders across the country. Uh, as our guest, um, and we will also address COVID as, as COVID issues are, are amongst us. So as America is opening up uh, and the businesses are getting back to business, um, we're opening up the podcast to different uh, topics too. So uh, I'm here today with my co-host, Ashley Branham. Ashley? Good morning, everybody. Glad to be here with you again today. Um, today's topic is really timely as we begin to um, think about um, ways to secure our pharmacies. Um, as many of you have been watching the news, you're seeing um, a lot of, of troubling um, sites, particularly um, with some of our colleagues and um, if independent pharmacy and their pharmacies um, being broken into. And so we wanted to um, explore that a little deeper and, and do a, a safety check within our own practices today to learn more about what we should be considering to um, protect to secure our pharmacies, um, our staff, and um, and, and really um, think about some some check some safety check boxes to make sure that we have in place um, for our pharmacies. Yeah, it, it really breaks my heart to to open up the laptop in, in the morning and see where one of our colleagues and and, and my friends somewhere in the in the country have have been broken into or been been looted or been rioted and vandalized um, or, or uh, you know, some of the risks that, that have happened because of, of COVID that maybe they had to, to shut down uh, because of that. So it's, it's I, I know how hard it is to operate and own a pharmacy and try to keep the doors open with all the pressure we have, we have going on against us just on the business front and then to have, have these outside pressures when when I know uh, all of these pharmacies are out there trying to do the best and take care of the people in the communities that they serve. So um, I, I'm, I'm excited to have our guest today. Um, our guest is, is Paul Sampson. Um, so Paul, I'm going to let you jump right into uh, uh, telling us your role with Pharmacist Mutual and how you got to, to uh, where you are. Sounds good. Um, I am Assistant Vice President of Risk Management with Pharmacist Mutual, and, you know, really what that is is I am responsible for internal and external uh, risk management for our members, uh, more insureds, if you will, 
that uh, buy policies from us as well as the prospects that come our way. We spend a lot of time consulting with our customers to help them improve their overall risk, um, work through contracts, site security, things of that nature. And we try to keep our policyholders uh, informed of things that are going to impact them in the future and keep them at the tip top of their game. Uh, for me, as a professional, I've been at this for about 25 years. Um, started my career actually in claims, where a lot of us do. You kind of learn what happens um, when you're in a claims role and worked my way up through risk management uh, over the course of the last 25 years. And it's uh, it's been a fun ride and uh, look forward to the next 20. Fantastic. Good luck with that, too. Um, so have you ever seen a time like we've had recently, like have you ever had this many claims um, or are you getting a lot of claims from from, from vandalism and, and looting and that type thing? Um, I think other than riots early on uh, in my career, this is hands down the most uh, challenging time that we've faced as an industry. Um, the claims continue to flood through the door. Um, I've, I've talked to several folks around the country where literally, um, if your pharmacy uh, in, in particular had not been damaged or looted, you, you should have considered yourself extremely lucky in certain areas. Um, it's, it, it's been scary. So, uh, so I'm a pharmacy owner. What, what is it that I need to be thinking about um, in this time and, and in terms of protecting my, my employees um, first and my, my property second? Absolutely. Um, so, you know, first and foremost, I think, you know, as community pharmacy owners, um, you guys know best what's going on in your community. You know if protests are scheduled. Um, you know the general demeanor of the folks in your community, um, and that's important, and that's why your your businesses do so well and why the community pharmacies are so important. The one thing that, that, that you don't know um, are, are the outside influences um, that are coming into your areas and, and starting some of these, these riots, you know, or, or the fact that folks are really targeting uh, pharmacies as part of this. It's not even always necessarily part of the riot that's impacting these pharmacies. Um, folks have, have seen an opportunity to have access uh, to drugs in the midst of commotion um, where, you know, enforcement and protection activities may not be at their highest, and folks are, are taking advantage of that um, when it comes to looting pharmacies and, and other areas um, and, and other businesses, for sure. Yeah, so um, that that's... Uh that always concerns me is, you know, are they out rioting and protesting or is it, is it somebody just looking for an opportunity to, to break into a pharmacy and, and, uh, and get drugs? So as an insurance company, what are you, what are you looking for? Or maybe the other way to ask it is as a, as a criminal, 
what are you looking for um, as a target? Yeah, as a criminal, they're they're looking for easy targets. Um, You know, the interesting thing is is when we start thinking about riots, civil commotion, um, things of that nature, our preparation as as small pharmacies should be taking place uh, well in advance. A lot of times we should have started thinking about things years ago in terms of the coverages that we secure for our pharmacies and the limits that we put in place. Um, and, and if we don't do that and we find ourselves positioned um, where we're kind of playing catch up, and in a lot of cases that's exactly uh, what we're doing today, Joe. Um, you know, we, we have some, some priorities that we have to put in place. First and foremost, um, I've got to maintain worker and patient safety uh, above and beyond anything else. Um, so things that I need to do in that regard is if I know there are going to be protests um, or potential things going on, I have to consider uh, whether or not I'm going to remain open um, during that period of time. Does it make sense for me to have my workers coming in and out of the pharmacy um, in the midst of a protest? That may not be the safest um, situation for them, and they're probably one of my most valued commodities as a pharmacy owner. Um, Patient safety, again, is something that we have to consider. Do we need to do more delivery or come up with other options, other locations uh, for patients to come during times of civil unrest? The last thing that I think any of us want to happen is, is is a patient to start to come into our store and find themselves in a situation um, where they're put in jeopardy um, simply because they were going on about their daily business and, and trying to pick up their, their medications. Um, so that's, that's definitely something we want to see people thinking of. Um, one of the other things that is, is most concerning is that we continue to properly secure the drugs. Um, and sometimes we're going to have to come up with some pretty unconventional means to do that. If we know that there is an extremely high likelihood that our pharmacy is going to be broken into and looted as a result of the placement of certain protests, we really have to decide, are we even going to leave the drugs uh, at the pharmacy? Um, typically, you know, as an insurance company, we, we recommend using things like script safes and things of that nature, and those are very, very important. Um, but in a situation like this, does it make sense um, to move some of the drugs to a different store? You know, depending on the area, we may have to pack it all in and move things to a hospital pharmacy to protect it. Um, Those are things that aren't typically getting looted because of the level of security there. Um, But sometimes we we really might have to do some some things that uh, defy uh, logic uh, to to ensure that we're protecting um, the drugs. Uh, You know, another thing that kind of just crossed my mind as we talk through this is what happens after um, our pharmacies or our stores uh, get looted. Um, We come in, we we start the cleanup process, uh, we look around, um, we need to make sure that the meds that weren't taken uh, weren't tampered with. 
uh, before we open those doors back up um, because we got to make sure that um, we're doing everything we can to maintain uh, patient safety. But in the midst of a crisis like that, that may not always uh, cross an individual pharmacist's mind. Um, you know, they steal your computer. Uh, guess what? You know, now we're in a situation where we have to start doing some notifications because, you know, if they have my computer, I have to make the assumption that, that it's been hacked and that folks' personal uh, information has then been compromised. So there are so many things like that that are, that are coming into play right now, Joe. Bob, can you talk a little more about um, some of the safeguards or effective safeguards that you've seen in some of these instances? So are there natural barriers or deterrents that, um, you know, the pharmacies should be considering uh, either installing or making sure that it's part of um, a part of security plan? I mean, you mentioned perhaps safeguarding medications that, um, that are as part of the inventory, but what are other barriers that you've seen that have worked well um, during times of civil unrest or just um, um, deterrence of, um, of someone trying to, to break in? Yeah, absolutely, Ashley. I'll, um, I'll start with some of the most basic um, and then kind of work my way down the list of, of five or six things that we typically see every day that are that are highly successful. You know, realistically, uh, one of the most important things anybody is ever going to have in place is the burglar system, right, or is the alarm system. And the important thing is is that it is a verified alarm system. And what I mean there is if an alarm goes off, I need to have security cameras in place where either myself or the, the security company can verify that, yes, indeed, this pharmacy or this property is, in fact, being broken into. And the reason that's so important is law enforcement around the country, even in times um, where there's not civil unrest, they are so busy running from scene to scene, crime to crime, that sometimes um, security alarms go ignored. However, if you have a verified alarm and they know that a crime is in progress and has been verified, they will divert their resources uh, to those areas. So as a result, a verified alarm is just absolutely essential. Um, we also need to make it extremely hard for would-be criminals to disable systems. You know, we know that criminals are becoming more and more sophisticated. They know how to cut phone lines and internet lines. Um, that's why most alarms today have the availability of cellular phone backup. Um, and those are going to be a great deal more challenging uh, for criminals to disable. Um, that's, those are really important, really basic things, ensuring that we have complete coverage and we can see all areas of the business uh, with our cameras. Uh, that's extremely important, something that uh, we really pay attention to as we go out and we consult with our customers. Some more sophisticated solutions and, and truly things that um, we see a great deal of value in um, are things like script saves. What's interesting about them is that, you know, years ago, um, you know, we, we had conversations with pharmacists and initial concerns were, well, if, if somebody breaks in and, and they're going to have a quote-unquote arm robbery, 
if I'm using a script type safe, um, it's going to take me longer to get in there and get the drugs, and I'm more likely to be be injured as a result of the commission of the crime. And what we find over the years is that's simply not the case. Um, an armed robber wants to get in and out as quickly as possible. When they realize um, that they're not going to be able to get in and out quickly as a result of the safe, um, they move on to the next target, which is, let me get in the cash register, right? Let me let me get the drugs that are out in the open. Um, so they, they move past some of those things quickly. So we find that having a script safe is valuable. Um, it is important uh, when we have things like that, that they be properly installed. Um, I don't know how many times I can see uh, folks having <laughs> purchased these things and then not anchoring them to the floor. Uh, when they get installed, so they leave them in a position where they're relatively easy to remove. Probably uh, not the best thing to do to make that kind of investment and then, then not properly secure it. Um, there, there are some really neat solutions out there. I think there's a vendor that goes by 3SI. I'm not sure if uh, Joe or Ashley, if you guys are familiar with it, but the one thing that they do that you know, as a as an insurance professional and risk management professional, that I'm absolutely in love with, is they take GPS tracking. It gets installed in various areas of the pharmacy, um, on various bottles, and as the would-be thieves uh, come in to steal things. Um, as soon as those items leave the business, GPS trackers are initiated and the incident of arrests um, goes through the roof um, with those types of devices installed at pharmacies. And I know that, you know, not just us at Pharmacist Mutual, but uh, other insurance carriers are also highly fond of those. Um, and what that means is when they come in and they look at your business, um, we, we give you favorable treatment knowing that you are taking the right risk management steps uh, to protect your operations. So, you know, we do spend a lot of time trying to help our customers install these type technologies. And uh, not to go down a rabbit hole, but, you know, when I think about some other important things at pharmacies that, that happen during the day uh, when we're there, um, you know, some of the GPS technologies, things like that, that's all well and good. But what happens? when the would-be criminal comes through the door and I'm standing behind the counter and I have a community pharmacy and maybe I don't have um, a, a bullet-resistant barrier in front of me. Maybe I don't have enough space across the counter. What other types of measures are, are out there to help me? And there are a couple uh, really neat ones uh, floating around uh, today. One of them is, is a product called Flash Fog. I don't know if either of you have heard of that, um, but essentially, um, as I soon have. as we know, are you familiar with that? No, I'm, I haven't heard of that. It, what's slick about it is it, it's disorienting to the would-be criminal. They come in the door, they're, they're, they're on a mission, right? They, they want drugs, they want money, whatever it is that they're looking for at my pharmacy. I reach down, I hit a button. Number one, it notifies the police by an alarm, but an immediate release of fog 
comes out, it fills the entire area. And I'm telling you, you can't see your hand in front of your face. Strobes start going off, totally disorients the thief. They turn around and try to run out, and they probably trip all over themselves on the way out the door because they can't see you. They can't do anything, and it gives you an opportunity to exit the facility. It does no permanent damage. The, fo the fog dissipates. It doesn't impact the drugs, um, and it's a neat way for you to be able to protect um, your employees, yourselves, your businesses. Um, because the last thing a uh, thief wants to do is get caught in a cloud of fog. Um, threat extinguisher, another really cool thing. Looks like a fire extinguisher hanging on the wall. Um, pharmacist, uh, a tech, any employee at the location could grab it, hit the button. Again, strobes and lights go off. Alarms get dropped. Um, they pull the extinguisher off, and it is a monstrous can of pepper spray. Um, that will shoot 15 or 20 feet, and you don't even have to be on top of the would-be criminal. Um, and, and you can shoot it across the store if you have to. So there are a lot of new, really creative technologies coming out um, that, that we really like to see. Um, DNA Guardian, another another real cool one that's out there. Um, if, if a uh, criminal grabs a hold of a bottle, uh, it marks them. Um, just just really neat stuff out there uh, in the field today. I get excited when I talk about things like that. Well, I'm imagining an obstacle course that starts to emerge at the moment of it. Of it. Uh, so your fog's coming, pepper spray's flying, alarms are sounding. <laughs> there's, there's some very, um, very good ideas that you've provided us here Um on those natural deterrents. So hopefully a lot of our listeners are taking notes and thinking about ways to, to maximize their security measures. Yeah, I, this, this reminds me of a long time ago. So I'm a, I'm a fourth-generation pharmacist, Paul, and a, a long time ago uh, when I was really, really young, my father was in a pharmacy and my grandfather was there, and he, he was probably in his late 70s or maybe early 80s, and uh, uh, somebody came in and just basically walked in the pharmacy and picked up a bottle of medicine and and tried to walk out the back door. And the back door pulled up. So my father saw it and pushed him against the back door to say, hey, what are you doing? Where he couldn't get the door open. And they fell to the floor and started a, started wrestling or scuffling. Um, and my grandfather came over there. And, you know, he was old and kind of feeble at the time, and he came shuffling over there, and he got the man's belt while they were wrestling and got his pants down around his ankle and cinched the belt up with the guy's pants around his ankle, and the guy finally just gave up because he couldn't get up and run because his pants were tightened up around <laughs> with the belt. That's old school security back in the day, but, yeah, that's a neat thing. So. What um, I, I have seen people commenting um, on some social media about they didn't know if they were covered uh, for things like riots. They, they knew in their policy that they had natural disaster coverage or flood insurance or that type of thing. But, but when it came to something like you know public unrest or riots, they didn't know if they were covered. Is there something we need to be 
be looking at in our policies to, to make sure that we are covered like that, or is that pretty standard that you are covered? Yeah, I, I would say each individual policy could have some differences, but the key when it comes to riots and, and civil commotion, if you will, is physical damage to the property. And as we've seen, that's not that's not hard to come by. That is generally the trigger in a policy that causes coverage. So, you know, we've we've spent a lot of time talking a lot of our policyholders through this because they're they're all concerned and they want to know that they're covered and uh, we've designed their policies in a way that in most every case that uh, if they have any physical damage um, and they've purchased the coverage that that it's in place and you know, I can only think of a, a small handful of businesses that don't truly have coverage um, in a situation like this. And in almost all instances, it's because they had no physical damage um, to their property. Um, so when you get looted, um, rest assured, um, your coverage is there to protect you. Paul, if you're a pharmacy owner that um, um, unfortunately experiences something like this, um, you know, what, what are the first steps that they need to take to begin, I guess, when they walk in the door and they see um, that they've been impacted? You know, what, what, at what point do we involve the insurance company? Uh, can you guide us through some of those beginning steps? Sure, absolutely. I mean, first and foremost, um, if, if a pharmacist comes into the business today and they see that they've been looted, they need to make sure that they themselves and their employees are safe and secure. Uh, make sure nobody's still there. Make sure there's no civil commotion going on outside the building because if there is, there's no need for you to be there. There's nothing there at that point that, that you can protect. You, you shouldn't be standing there um, with a gun or anything like that trying to protect your business. Um, be comfortable and and, and 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 understand that you have insurance coverage for situations like this. Once they get to the point where they realize, okay, the, the protests um, have ended, I've shown up, and now I'm in quote-unquote cleanup mode, um, they're going to obviously notify um, the police uh, immediately. Um, they're obviously going to be reaching out to the board in whatever states they're in, um, because they're going to be missing drugs. Um, they're going to be reaching out to their insurance company immediately, letting them know, hey, I've been hit. Um, let's start getting adjusters out here. I'm going to start putting things in place to protect the business because at that point, you need to start securing things as best as you can, whether that be boarding up windows, um, boarding up doors, getting security systems active again, and, and insurance policies are designed um, to help you take care of things like that. So rest assured, um, for nearly every policy that I've ever seen in my career, um, if you spend money boarding up the windows after an event happens um, to, to keep more things from happening, your insurance policies will reimburse you for that. Now, they won't reimburse you if you board things up on the front end, um, 
but they'll, they'll certainly uh, reimburse you on the back end, and that's something important for folks to know. And when they call and report those claims, um, you know, their adjuster is certainly going to feel their pain. We've seen enough of that lately and the, and the devastation that comes from it. Um, they'll do a really good job um, of walking uh, the individual members uh, through that process. I've sat back and, and listened to our adjusters here recently and had some conversations myself with members who have been absolutely devastated um, by by riot and, and crime losses uh, lately. So we've been able to put their minds at ease. So that's something that's pretty important. And I think I mentioned it earlier, um, but it's something that probably doesn't cross most folks' mind um, after an event like this, if I show up and, and my computers are missing or records are missing, then I know that patient information um, has likely been compromised. And as a result, I have to start making those notifications, um, which uh, is, is tough to, to have to do. It's not something that we ever want to do, um, but it's, it's definitely an important step that has to be taken. And then hopefully you get back up and running quickly. That's the key. Because yeah. your community yeah. needs you. I mean, you're the one supplying um, those local folks with the medications that, that keep them alive, and you're doing so in a way that uh, other pharmacy-type businesses can't do. That's, that's why we love our community pharmacies. Yeah, absolutely. And... Paul, you, you walked us through a lot of important details today um, that I, I, I hope many of the listeners are, are again, um, benefiting from this. I know I certainly am. And, um, you know, we've talked about maintaining the worker and patient safety, being aware of what's happening currently in the environment, um, if needed, properly securing medications by, by changing the location of the medications, installing proper deterrent. Um, and being aware of what your um, policy states and and, um, and and you kind of walked us through um, the steps to, to take if, if there is an unfortunate um, episode that occurs on, on site at the pharmacy. Is there anything else that you think our listeners should know um, today around, um, you know, um, risk mitigation in general or, um, you know, anything that um, as you're working with some of the pharmacies that have been impacted, impacted, they say, oh, I wish I would have known this. You know, there is, and, and this is one that's near and dear uh, to my heart. Um, as business owners, we get the opportunity at times to select um, or have influence on the coverages that we place on our business. Sometimes over the course of my career, I have had pharmacies or businesses underestimate um, their values. Sometimes, you know, I've, I wonder if it was underestimated to save a little money today. Um, other times it was just, you know, things slip people's minds. Um, but you want to make sure you have enough coverage for your business. You know what your sales are. You know if they're growing. Um, so you know you need to make sure that you maintain appropriate um, business income limits. 
um, because if you don't have appropriate limits when a situation, you know, un unfortunately, like a riot occurs and you're shut down um, for a couple months, um, you can really incur some substantial uh, loss of income that may not be fully covered if you didn't buy enough limits. And, and I have seen that in the past. So we spend a lot of time uh, working with our policyholders, making sure that they have enough limits uh, to protect them in the event uh, of an unfortunate situation like this. And we never want to go through it. But if you do go through it, you are certainly thankful that you secured appropriate limits. Thank you very much, Paul. And, and if um, some of the listeners would like to follow up with uh, more information from you or from other members of your team, is it okay if we, we, we link your information into the show notes today? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We're always happy to uh, have conversations with anybody, whether they're a, a direct member of Pharmacist Mutual um, or, or they're insured by somebody else. The, uh, the more that we're able to help, the entire body of uh, community pharmacists around the country, um, the better off we're all going to be. Yeah, thank you so much, uh, Paul. Uh, we could talk about this for a long time. There's just a, a, a lot out there, and, and we want to we, – we know all the good that these pharmacies do in the communities, and so we want them to stay safe. So I appreciate all your great advice today and, and appreciate you getting up so early. Um, to, to do this podcast. Uh, thanks, everyone, uh, uh, for listening today, and uh, stay tuned for us next week. See you next week. Bye-bye. The Thrive Subscribe podcast is brought to you by Thrive Pharmacy Transformations. Visit us online at tptransformations.com, where you can join our free community to inspire you, challenge you, and transform your pharmacy practice.